Thank the Lord. Remain standing. Uh, one of the things you, um, you will come to love at Metro is that I am not the only person who can deliver the word of the Lord for the house. And this morning, I want you to put your hands together and just open the heavens and receive Elder Yule Crawford, who's bringing the word of the Lord today. How about a little better than that? Come on, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Let's bless Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Let's bless him. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Uh, is Demetrius still here? This is the word I want to give you. I know you're going to have to go in a minute. The Lord says that a new chapter is turning in your life. A chapter that he is turning. A chapter that he has authored. A chapter that he has put together. The Lord says you will play in the house of the Lord because he's placed much music inside of you. The Lord says that there are going to be changes in 2022 that will free you and give you access in the house of God again. The Lord says there's yet more to do in the kingdom through your life and even your children's lives. The Lord says there are decisions you will make in 2022 that will bless your home. And the Lord says that he's given you financial wisdom that will cause your household to flourish in days to come. The Lord says he is with you and you will see his mighty works as you begin to walk in 2022. You pray as you work and you work as you pray. And the Lord says he hears what comes out of your lips. I see you moving in a couple of years. I see you in a different place, you and your family. And I see the Lord causing even business to flourish out of the hands of your wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord says also, stay put. Location means everything. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. I'd like to give attention to my bride, uh, Jane Lynette Crawford of 37 years. Amen. Give the Lord praise for her. Amen. If I had to give a title to this message, it would be Give Me This Mountain. Lord, we come before you and we ask you for your words. We thank you, Lord, for your counsel. We thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for your preceding word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It actually says, Bishop Johnson said it last week. He said, from Deuteronomy, the first chapter, the Lord our God said to us in Horeb, you have stayed here long enough at this mountain. You have stayed here long enough at this mountain. How many of you, was, you can look at your life and you can see a mountain that you have stayed long enough? And then in the eighth verse, it says, See, I have set the land before you. 
go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and give to them, to their offspring after them. The context of this is over 400 years ago, the Lord spoke to Israel about possessing their inheritance. And so for 400 years, they were in captivity. And the Lord had previously spoke that word to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But 400 years, they were in captivity. The Lord delivered them out of captivity only to find that there were 10 spies who poisoned the whole group. Say 10 spies. Poisoned the whole group. 12 spies went out to, to, to survey the promised land. 10 were giant conscious and two were God conscious. And because the twin, the 10 were giant conscious, and spread it their poison throughout the camp, the Lord said, I tell you what, okay, your journey is going to be delayed. You're going to walk around this mountain. You're going to walk till you die, till one generation die. And so you could probably think about how it looked when they were walking around the mountain. Probably one said, man, I, I've seen this rock before. Oh, man, I remember when I marked this tree. <laughs> Oh, this is where they buried so-and-so. You have to think about this. A 40-day trip turned to 40 years until a whole generation died because 10 were giant conscious. Two were God conscious. Now, one thing that stuck out in my mind as I looked at this verse was that in the 11th verse, the Lord rehearses to them. He says, hey, I remember the word I spoke to you. It's time for you to turn and go on your journey. And then he spoke in the 11th verse, and he spoke about this. There shall be a thousandfold blessing flowing down to your seed. He didn't say a hundredfold. He said a thousandfold blessing. You can look at in the 11th verse, Deuteronomy, the first chapter. I want you to say a thousandfold is coming to me. You have to understand a thousandfold anointing is in the scriptures. When Gideon, when, when Gideon took his 300, he took 300 and defeated an army. That was an exhibition of a thousandfold anointing. Samson killed a thousand men with one jawbone a manifestation of a thousandfold anointing. King David, yep, King David, it was said Saul killed his thousands, but King David, David at that time, his ten thousands, a thousandfold anointing. Jesus fed 5,000 plus their families, which some say it was about 15,000, 20,000, a manifestation of a thousandfold anointing. How many of you want a thousandfold anointing? Amen. Amen. If it's written in the scriptures, you can possess it. But there are other reasons why they were not able to possess the land. And one of the major reasons they were not able to possess the land was that they had a wrong paradigm. 
They had a wrong paradigm. Something the Lord spoke to me uh, last night regarding Metro. He says, nothing has been wasted. Nothing has been wasted. Nothing has been wasted. The Holy Spirit said over and over, nothing has been wasted. I have been with you all along. And I saw what you would go through before you went through it. And I'm I'm used, I've used everything before to prepare you for what's ahead. Nothing has been wasted. Tell the person next to you, nothing has been wasted. And so what's been happening, the Lord has been using Bishop Johnson to prepare us for the new wine. If you pour new wine into a, a wine skin that's not prepared or old wine skins, guess what happens to the new wine? It spills over and ruins. And so the Lord has had Bishop Johnson for the last five years masterfully work on the wine skin of this house as well as other churches. So what is a paradigm? A paradigm basically is... is It's a set of assumptions or visions of reality through which we perceive the world. Now, I'm going to say some things that may shake you up, may bother you for a second. The Western mindset sees the church as sacred and everything outside of the church as profane. Now, so that means that if it's not in the church or it's, it's, it's everything outside of this house, outside our, our sense of being, we consider it naturally as the flesh, the devil, and profane and secular. Now, a biblical thinking says that every good thing comes from God and if it came from God then it's all sacred think about it so that means that technology business that means cloud infrastructure cloud technology that means that health mathematics that means that government human inventions art is all good and it's sacred in the eyes of God See, when we think that these particular areas are profane or secular, that means that we cannot thank God for them. That means that we cannot even ask God to give us wisdom in these areas. That means that we can only ask God about the word of God, and that's it. Another mindset. The Western mindset sees God as first. Come on, saints. Get ready for that uh, handout. Sees family as second. Church as third. There's something wrong with that paradigm. So, Kenny, show me the picture of the one uh, with me in the center. 
Think about this. So most of us, we live this way. We are in the center, family, career, personal growth, finance, spirituality, health, and wellness. We see these as completely separate entities. Now, in a computer, suppose this is a hard drive. When you have sections of information that are completely distanced from each other, we have a defragment issue. And because we look at things isolated, we, it, 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 compartmentalization makes it easier for us to conceptualize. But this arrangement decreases our capacity. So, put the other one up. Some of us need to have our hard drive defried. Just a minute, the other one is coming up. Now, look at this one. This is God in the center. So what happens when God is in the center, that means that everything around God is mutually supporting each other and mutually depended upon each other, and God in the center is giving life to it all. So it's no longer this one is first, this one is second, this one is third. We see it as a whole. And where there's pain in the wheel, the Holy Spirit will give attention to that, and every other area will work together for that particular part that is hurting. Does it make sense? I promise you, Bishop Johnson and I did not confer this morning. <laughs> I promise you. When we put God in the center, we see how relationships, fitness, finance, career, fun, family are intended to be integrated and mutually enhancing. Notice, God did not say, love your neighbor and not yourself. That's secular thinking. And many of us believe that biblically that we should hate ourselves. But the scripture says that we should what? Love one another as we what? Love ourselves. But when we isolate truth, when we isolate information and, 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 and allow that information to be completely separated from God, we end up in a defrag situation. Compartmentalized thinking believes blessing mainly implies financial prosperity. But when you look at it from a Hebraic standpoint, blessing is a holistic success. He said blessed in the city. He didn't just say blessed financially, he said blessed in the city. Blessed in the field, blessed in the business, blessed in relationships, blessed in homes, blessed in relationships, blessed in health, blessed in finances. It's written in Deuteronomy 28. This type of thinking has literally caused the church to not want to give attention to any of these other areas. 
thinking that the most spiritual thing we can do is come to church on Sunday, clap hands, and focus just on having church. And because we have done this, guess what happened? has happened? These other areas, the church has vacated from, the enemy has completely filled with himself. This, comp this, this is the work of principalities. Principalities work with principles. I'm not talking about a house demon. I'm talking about a, a, a entity that projects thoughts over a region, a prevailing thought, a prevailing principle. And one of the principles is compartmentalization. Do you know how bad this is? Compartmentalization has made us think that blacks and whites are supposed to be separate. Come on, saints. So we, we have a compartmentalization has caused us to give in to skin worship. In the eyes of God, he sees all the creation. He says in the last days that all nations shall come into the mountain of the Lord's house. All nations. He see all people. He see all ethnos together. But we think compartmentalization God loves black people better than he loves white people. White people thank God some. White people thank God loves white people better. Some Indians think that. You see what I'm saying? So what we have is this compartmentalization that God is after right now. We think that the gifts of the spirit are more important than the fruit of the spirit. So we major in power. But then we have a whole group that thinks that the fruit of the spirit is most important and that the gifts don't matter. It's supposed to be, we're supposed to be mighty in power, mighty in spirit, and mighty in character in Christ. <clears throat> in 1975, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, and Lauren Cunningham, founder of Youth with a Mission. Oh, man, I've got pages out of order here, but it's going to work anyway. Hold up just a second here. Yep. So I'm going to have to go by memory on this one. So what happened... One of these guys, Lauren Cunningham, who is the leader of one of the largest youth organizations in the world in 1975, had a dream. And in this dream, he was, what, before the dream, he was praying, Lord, I want to reach the world. How can we reach the world with, for the youth around the world? Lord, we need a strategy to reach the youth around the world. And, and as he prayed this, he fell into a sleep. And then the Lord spoke to him about seven mountains, seven cultural mindsets. And then a couple of weeks later, he ran into another gentleman by the name of Bill Bright, 
who's the head of Campus Crusade, one of the largest campus ministries in the entire world. And he said he had, and he shared the dream he had, and then he pulled out of his pocket what the Lord showed him. And they both were surprised. God created a divine appointment. But then in Switzerland, there was another man. His name is Francis Schaeffer. Francis Schaeffer had the same dream. Now you have to understand this. This happened in the context right around 1973. That's when abortion on demand became legal. And then one child, uh, one ch the one child mandate in China became preeminent. And th that happened right around the same time. The enemy, when he heard this, he was masterfully, strategically trying to wipe out children and kill tr children because the Lord was amassing his army to come forth from, from the youth. Oh, man. <laughs> And guess what those seven areas were? And Bishop Johnson has said it over and over and over. Technology. Technology, business, and science. One. Arts. Yeah, arts, sports, and media. And then we have a whole other area of government, family. We have religion. We have, we have uh, I'm missing one, education and government. And the word that God gave him, he said, these are cultural uh, cultural mindsets. These are mind molders. And I'm calling my church to disciple nations and not just people. And if the church would rise and begin to invade these particular areas, because the type of thinking that I just shared caused the church to run away from technology. Oh, the beast is in there. Oh, man, 666, man, they're messing with the computer, 666, the beast. And so we don't need to, we don't need to touch technology. Oh, oh, no, 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 no government, no government. That's, that's secular, that's demonic. So we need to stay inside the church and, and we just need to hold the fort. We just need to hold the fort and, and let these demons, you know, do what they do. We just need to stay over here and stay safe. We just need to stay inside, clap our hands and praise the Lord and have church. Come on, saints. Have a good time and then leave, you know, after we have church. Had a good time at church. Roll on the floor, man. Man, soap in oil, man. Having a great time. Man, prophesying to one another. Come on, talk to my Hey, hey, you prophesy back to me. I prophesy back to you. Hey, man, we lay hands on you and you lay hands on me. You lay hands on me. And then we have, have this gift, this gift party while everything outside of us we have nothing to do with we've been praying for revival and the Holy Spirit has been masterfully preparing us for what's ahead he, the Lord says nothing has been wasted see I got another one for you heaven is not our home Bishop, they're getting ready. To, I know they're getting ready to throw rocks at me. You got to protect me now. <laughs> you got heaven is not your home. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Got to listen to the director. Praise God. Heaven, 
is not your home. If you look in the scriptures, he made the earth for man. Then he said, when we die, we what? Are present with the Lord. But then he says, in the second coming, we will meet him where? In the air. And this body that we will put on what? Immortality. And then he said, a new heaven and a new earth he will create. And, and then he says, I saw new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And Jesus is lighting the city. And guess who's inhabiting the city? Those of us whose names have been written in the Lamb Book of Life. We're not in heaven. We're coming down to earth. Man, <laughs> check the Bible. All right, this is a setup. <laughs> this is a setup. So, when you read in Joshua, the 14th chapter, he had a conversation with Caleb, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Chazanite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and I brought him word again as it was in my heart but my brothers went up with me made the heart of the people melt those were those what? ten spies who were giant conscious yet I Caleb said holy followed the Lord and Moses swore on that day saying surely the land on which your feet has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Just as he said these 45 years since the time the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. And I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is in me as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke on that day for you heard on that day how the Anakim was there. Yes, there are giants on this mountain, but give me this mountain. And I shall drive out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephneah, for an inheritance. I want you to say this to the person next to you. Give me my mountain. <laughs> I believe this is what the Lord is saying for 2022. Because our mindsets are changing and shifting to a kingdom mold. It is time for Metro to ask the Lord, give me my mountain. It's time to ask the Lord to give you your mountain. And I believe the mountain he's talking about 
is your area influence on one of those seven cultural mind molders. It's not time for us to pack up our bags, to sign the retirement pages, and just vacation all over the world. The Lord is calling his church and his army together for one of the biggest, biggest, and largest revivals that this world has ever seen. The Lord is saying, all hands on deck will be needed for what he's about to do. All generations, young and old, will be needed for what he's about to do. And so the Lord is asking the church, he's asking us in 2022, it's time for you and I to decide which, what, what is the area that God wants you to specialize in? What, is the, what mountain does God want you to possess? Corey, you thought it was the government mountain, but the Lord said it's the family mountain for you. So clearly. 2022 will be the year of the expert. It will be the year of specialists. It will be the year where men and women who have literally grown and, and, and honed and, and their area expertise with a kingdom mindset who are willing to be planted, Lord have mercy, to be sent out from the church and to be, be planted in Microsoft, to be planted in Georgia Power. To be, plant, to be planted, why? Because you're there so that you can be a, what, a kingdom, a, a, a kingdom outpost for heaven. You will become God's embassy at Microsoft, amen. And because you are there, his kingdom is there. Lord, have mercy. There's a shift in our thinking the Holy Spirit is calling forth for us to make in this hour. This will be a time of creativity. You will bring the kingdom with you at work, in your neighborhood, where you shop, where you work out. I was listening to Lady Carolyn and Bishop Johnson talk about their stroll through the mall. But basically what they were doing is kingdom work. Amen. It's time for you and I to begin to understand where you live is where you've been sent. Well, I'm sorry. Where you live is where you've been sent. And, and because you've been sent, you are to represent his kingdom there. Where you work is where you have what? been sent. We come together on Sunday morning in, in the kingdom center and we assemble as the body of Christ and we receive instructions, we receive deliverance, we receive encouragement only to be what? Sent out again. Lord, have mercy. It changes everything when you begin to understand that God placed you in the neighborhood you're in. You've been sent. Lord, have mercy. It makes you look at your neighbors in a different way. 2022 will be a year of reaping for this church. It will be a year of reaping good and bad. As I remembered Israel in the wilderness, I remember the promises I've made for you and your seed. All of my promises are yea and amen. Pay attention to what comes out of your mouth about others. For some words about others have tipped the scales of justice in the other direction. 
2022 will be a year of reaping. Reaping in particular for those things that many of us have prayed for year in and year out and have seen little evidence before your eyes. But much has been done in the realm of the spirit. 2022 will be known as the year of reaping from your prayers, from your acts of kindness, unseen, those who comforted the weary ones and given money and clothed the poor. I will repay you with interest. My eyes behold all things, even the mistreatment of those who cannot help themselves. 2022 will be a time when many memorials from giving, from praying and fasting, will result in a bountiful storm of blessing of the highest kind. Yes, I will accelerate blessings upon my people in this hour in the form of favor. Metro, you have known my favor in the wilderness, but you will know my favor on the mountaintop in 2022. About this time next year, if you apply and have applied the laws of favor, you will see a windfall of blessing. And so the whole, the, the, and the laws of favor are this. I'm listing them. I'm listing them. I'm not going to explain them. I'm listing them for time's sake. You have to already believe that you're already favored because you're in Christ. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. He says, what things you you desire when you pray, you believe, you receive it, you should have it. And, and the fact that God would hear our prayer and answer our prayer means that you and I, we are favored because we are his children. Amen. However, 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 if you want to experience amplified favor, it's, uh, you have your baseline favor, but if you want to amplify favor, this is what the Lord says. He says in Psalms 119.58, and treat, and treat me with all of your heart for favor. King David said, I entreated the Lord with all of my heart for favor. He prayed for favor. In the area of his assignment, the word says God made him to be a wonder. So much favor was on him that the nations quaked and revered him. The favor of God was upon him. So shall it be upon you if you ask. Seek my kingdom and all those other things will be added to you. Decree and declare my words regarding favor and my promises over your life. This is a season that you must decree, you must declare, my word must be in your mouth. Do you see a man skilled in his works? The Bible says he will stand before kings. This is a season to upgrade your skills. Then he says, give and it shall be given to you. Men shall give and to your bosom. Give and it shall be given to you. And he says, men shall give to your bosom. He didn't say, he didn't say, he says, the scripture says, Jesus said in the red, if you give, it shall be given to you. What? Pressed, okay, pressed down, shaking together, running over. He says, what will happen? Men will, men will give. And so what does that look like? What does the application of that look like? Tell me. He said, hey, cash up. Come on, saints. Checks in the mail. Promotion, bonuses. He says, man will give to you. 
Now, if you have a problem with what the word means by blessing and you have this compartmentalized thinking, where you have compartmentalized thinking that voids out any of these you won't prosper in because you can't release faith for it. Another law regarding favor, give to the poor, give to the poor, give to the poor, give to the poor. Some of you need to make it a habit. Give to the poor. Bishop Johnson said last year, I remember his words. He says, he says, it's not your job. It's not your job to figure out if they're faking. It's not your job to say they don't have it. Amen. It's your job just to obey God. And so if you give, if you give to the poor, guess what he said? If you give to the poor. What did he say? He says, and you're lending to the Lord. Now, guess what? Because God is so bountiful when you give to the poor, guess what happens? See, when you take out a loan, come on, you have to pay interest. And God is saying to us, if you give to the poor, if you give to the poor, if you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And guess what? God has better lending rates than anybody. Amen. He will give you interest. He will give you interest. He will give you interest. This is a season where the Lord will have our eyes to look upon the poor and to give to them, to feed them, to clothe them, to give to them, to look upon those who are without, those who are dispossessed and give to them. Some of you, the Lord is calling you to be employed and working with the poor. Some of you the Lord is calling you even in this house to be a part of the company of believers that will fulfill that part of the vision that ministers to the community that ministers to the homeless that ministers to those who do not know the Lord and oh man and then the Lord spoke to me and said in graph 20 Deuteronomy 28 1 through 14 until it's deeply engraved in your heart Another law of favor, because we're going to see God move in some movements of favor that are completely outlandish. Some of you will experience some favor regarding property, regarding land, regarding houses, purchasing a house and furniture is already in it. The, the drapes are already in it. Everything is in it. Some of you, some of you are going to purchase property. God is going, literally, the Lord, you, you thought they built the house for the people that are in it. But God had you in mind when they built the house. Amen. Amen. They're just warming that house up. Amen. They're just fixing that house up for you so that you can move in it. Amen. The Lord has gone before you. You may not be able to find that house. There's a reason why you're not able to find that house. You're not able to find that house because they're not finished working on the house. But one of the keys of favor, we have to sow favor. Ruth sowed favor into Naomi. She was willing to live without a husband, without the hope of a husband, because she gave, she favored Naomi. And because she favored Naomi. One day, this man was watching her. He had his pick of every beautiful woman in the land. Amen. 
He had the money. He had his pick. But because of what she did for Naomi, because of what she did, he said, I looked at her and observed how she served Naomi. He looked at her. He marveled at that as a sign. of It caught his eyes. So much so, he said, I tell you what, men, when you go out there, y'all can't touch her. In fact, I want you to put some food on the ground to put a little bit more out for her so that she don't have to struggle to get more because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen how she served. That's called favor. That's called favor. So you got you to gotta find out how God, you got to look at your favor assignments. You have to look at your favor assignments. David sold favor into 300 men in a Dullam's cave with their families. Men who looked like they had no future. Men who were the rejects and debt ridden of society. But he was what he sold favor into those men. And guess what he reaped? He reaped a kingdom and an army that the whole world revered. So you got a soul favor. Nehemiah sold favor to the, to the kingdom, to the king and the people he led and reaped success like no other in the word of God. It says in Ephesians 6, 8 or 6, 9, God will cause what you make happen for others to happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. You look at it. It's, 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 it's nicely hidden in there. It has to do with sowing favor. And sometimes you have to sow favor with no hopes of not getting anything back in return. Sometimes you have to, you have to, you, God will call you to sow favor. And some of you, 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 you have beautiful offerings of favor before the Lord, but do not allow discouragement to come upon your lips so that you curse what you've already planted in terms of sowing favor. Sowing favor, sowing favor, acts of kindness. Man, giving, 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 giving to people, giving to the poor, giving to the poor. Honor, honor, honor those above you. Have a reverent heart. Sow favor into the lives of others. Man, jo Joseph sold favor to Potiphar. He sold favor into Potiphar. He sold favor into the life of the prison owner. But the day came when there was a problem that needed to be solved. And no one else in the kingdom could solve that problem. And the, and, and the, gentleman, who, when the gentleman who Joseph gave an answer that saved his life. Joseph said, remember me. And the scripture says, and he was forgotten. The man forgot about Joseph. But just say the right time. The right time. The right time. And then all of a sudden, the man who had amnesia about you, he says, King, I know somebody. I know somebody who's gifted in interpreting dreams. And he brought Joseph before him. And Joseph gave glory to God. He said interpretation comes from him and him alone. And he began to interpret the dream. And then 
the king wondered, what shall I do? And, and Joseph answered and said, this is what you should do to save the land. And then, then the king said, where can I find such a man who can manage on this level? And a revelation came to the king. He says, you are the man. You are the man. One day you were in the pit. One day you were in filth. One day you were down in the dungeon where men laughed at you. And then he was promoted. Lord, have mercy. To the top position in the land. To the highest position in the land. God remembered his word to Joseph when he was 12 years old, when he was 15 years old, that he would be a ruler, that he would be a king, that he would be a man of influence. He's a God that does not lie. He's a God that does not lie. The reason why the man forgot was because it wasn't time. It wasn't time. God was still working on Joseph like God is still working on some of us. He's working at the heart level. He's working at the attitude level. He's working, he's looking at our hearts and seeing our hearts healed. Our hearts healed, our hearts whole. Have we forgiven those who've hurt us? Have we really let them go? Are we willing to serve? How are we willing to serve? I hear the Lord saying, a new glory is coming on the gifts of helps in the house of God. A new glory, a new anointing, a new level of honor is coming on the gifts of helps. We're going to see the gifts of helps like never before because the gifts of help will be needed for what's coming in this house, in this, belief, in, in this building. For expansion will surely come and influence beyond this building shall surely rise from this house. And you will be known as a cradle of creativity. For men and women will come in this house under the anointing and be refreshed in their own visions regarding their place of vocation. I will cause this house to be raised up and all nations shall flow into this house. And my people even in this region shall be helped. For I will pierce the veil, the veil that sits over this neighborhood around you. Who says Jews cannot know me? Who says the Jewish community will not know me? Because I'm going to do something, though it was told, though it be told, you will not believe it. I will pierce the veil and I will give you favor with the neighbors behind you and around you and many of them shall come to know me as you bring the kingdom to them as you leak the kingdom to them as you leak the kingdom to them in acts of kindness and even in the gifts of the spirit you will see a mighty reaping even in this area I will cause all nations to flow into this house and I will be this house will be known as a house for all people for all nations all nations shall surely come and be a part of you and what I'm doing because I'm doing a good work here saith the Lord all that I've done over the years is not a waste all that you've done over the years is not a waste it's all been preparation preparation and the Lord says I'm finishing my hands shall be upon the children in 2022 
I will fill them to overflowing with my spirit and you shall teach them the ways of my kingdom and they will represent me in the places of education. I have given you some of my best teachers and instructors for such a task as this and others are coming because I shall blow upon the children for I have given unto you children with great acumen great skill and now the principles of my kingdom shall fill their hearts and flourish them and they will not know compartmentalization but they will have a heart of conquest and they will be like Daniels that shall be planted in all seven mountains and much shall take place through them because my hands is upon them cleanse your hearts of all wounds and offenses and your creativity will flow like a river. Some of you, your creativity has stopped. You, you're not able to write. You're not able to write songs. You're not, able to, you're not able to flourish in your gifting. And the reason why the creativity has stopped is because of offenses. It's because of unforgiveness. It's because of bitterness. It's because of discouragement. It's because of frustration. And when that happens, creativity is frustrated. It's frustrated. It's frustrated. And the Lord says it's time for our hearts to be healed. January will be a, a pivotal time for this house, even as we prepare for an encounter. It will be an encounter that lasts, that will outlast all encounters that have ever taken place. Some of you said, well, I don't need an encounter. You don't understand that even in the early church years, they would have deliverance service for the church sometimes two and three times out of the year because they understood that people who are in battle, many times they get oppressed here and there. And so they come and they receive deliverance, a fresh outpouring of the spirit so they can be deployed into service the greatest the greatest of encounters is going to take place in January get ready for it get ready get ready some of you are going to experience freedom like you've never experienced before some of you the Lord has allowed you to walk in the valley of humiliation because he's been preparing you for the mountaintop had he promoted you early you would have you you would have assume the glory to yourself but because you have walked in the place of humiliation you know that all these things belong to me saith the Lord and I will promote you because you understand the source pumpkin I I hear the Lord saying he's going to restore dancing in this house he's going to restore dancing in this house he's going to restore it he's going to restore it you're going to watch and see as prophetic dancing is released in the house of the Lord what happens to the worship what happens to the worship because of the dancers because of the dancers because of those who dance even the children who dance by the Holy Spirit who dance by me my spirit shall fall upon the house of God as my words are interpreted in movement Remove the clog of bitterness and the creativity I placed in you will be known throughout the earth. About this time next year, I kept hearing these words. I heard them all, I heard them all day Wednesday after my devotion. All this week, when Bishop, you asked me about ministering, and I kept hearing these words about this time next year everything will change about this time next year 
everything will change. About this time next year, those who have been faithful with the gifts of help, who have sown their energy into the house of the Lord, you will be repaid by the Lord. About this time next year, I will change the face of this people. And about this time next year, some will shout and dance over debt cancellation because of what I'm doing among my people. About this time next year, some will bear children. About this time next year, property shall open up for men and women. About this time next year, those of you who had sales and the groups did not grow, about this time next year, you will become fruitful. About this time next year, I will give you your neighborhoods. About this time next year, promotion is coming for the job that they passed you over. I'm going to pass them over and put you on top. About this time next year. Watch and see about this time next year. Amen. Give praise to the Lord. Amen. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Begin to raise your voice. Begin to praise the name of the Lord for the word of the Lord. If you heard the word, clap your hands and give him thanks. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Every word of God demands a response. Do not be guilty of being hearers only. But we must be now, tell your neighbor, you must now become a doer of the word. You're going to go forth from this place in a few moments. And as we leave the, the, uh, one another's presence from this place, the question I want you to ask her is, what favor do you need to sow this week? What is, it that, what is it that the Lord is requiring of you to give of yourself? It could be money, it could be time, it could be energy, it could be creativity, it could be words of encouragement. But God wants you to see that you are the one that he wants to sow through. I want you to be excited about this time next year, but I want you to be more excited about what God wants you to do now.